to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You know, as we started opening up businesses and we're venturing out more in the community, You know, we're starting to see glimpses of the pre-COVID-19 world and also some changes that may be with us for a while. Most Knox County businesses have been able to reopen this past month in some capacity. However, the impact on jobs, the county tax base, and our schools has been felt across the county and the entire region. And over this past week, we've had an increase in positive coronavirus cases and new and then of course we've got the protests and the unrest over racial injustice so there's still a lot of uncertainty and fear among many in the community this morning knox county mayor glenn jacobs is joining us to talk about all of the issues we've experienced in the first half of 2020 and what things look like headed forward here in knox county good morning mayor jacobs great to have you back on the show morning jim thanks i appreciate it Absolutely. It's great to have you. Boy, it's been just crazy the last three months. What has this experience, Mayor Jake, has been like for you personally? Well, I think like for everyone, uh, it, it taught me that the I didn't really understand the real meaning of the term unprecedented uh, because it's been unprecedented uh, for all of us. And, uh, you know, whether you're in my position or anyone else i think these are times that i just i've never seen anything like it i don't think any of us have um and it's almost unfortunately at this point it's like wow well great so what's next you know uh just the the uh severity and volume of things that we've dealt with so far this year i think that uh i'm one of those folks that's like man if 2020 had a reset button i'd sure like to push it yeah, it's been a pretty crazy time. I know, I know, Mayor Jacobs, you're very committed to personal liberty and freedom, also fiscal responsibility. So I know there's, it's, and, and we're going to kind of unpack some of the things you've had to balance in, you know, and in, in, in deciding and weighing those two different things. So let's talk, talk about the furlough of 366 Knox County employees for eight weeks. I'm sure that was a tough decision. Bring us up to speed on that. Sure. Um, so back in, uh, I guess, late April, we announced that we were going to furlough some employees. And I'd like to remind everybody that um, because of the CARES Act of the federal government as well, and the state unemployment, uh, and the county was still paying for their health insurance. And uh, they still had the opportunity with those two programs. Uh, they still had income coming in, $875 up to uh, in most cases. Um, and when we look at the private sector, you know, a lot of people have been laid off. A lot of people have, have lost their jobs. So uh, it was something that felt that we had to do to try to save uh, taxpayers' money because as we're moving towards the end of the year, 
our fiscal year, um, you know, we've seen a drop off uh, in sales tax revenue. I think we all realize that. Uh, so it's something that we could do to offset that revenue. Uh, at the same time, again, you know, those folks were still. Um, you know, they were still able to have some money coming in. Um, so it wasn't anything that I really felt great about doing, uh, but I thought that I had a responsibility to do that. Uh, and, you know, with, with the taxpayers, um, you know, saving money as well as still being able uh, to provide some money for our employees that, that we had to put on furlough. At this point, some of those folks have come back. Um, and the decision to bring them back is based on our ability to provide services. I mean, what, what had happened was we just, with libraries closed down and us uh, people not going out and us paying back a lot of our services, you know, we just couldn't justify having uh, people, um, you know, just not, not really doing anything. Um, and as the economy picks back up and as those services are in more in demand, uh, we're bringing those folks back. Uh, so sure. uh, we still have some people out on furloughs, but now we've started to bring some back as well. Well, I know that was a very difficult decision for you as you were laboring through that. And, but like you say, you, uh, you know, in looking at the, I mean, the, you know, the CARES Act has provided a nice backstop to kind of help right. meshing that in with your goals for the county, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, we were, you know, um, the people who work for the county are human beings. They have they have jobs. They rely on those jobs for their income to provide for their families. So, uh, you know, certainly we want to, I mean, they're, they're part of our team, so we want to ensure that uh, we take care of them as best that we can. Ultimately, my ultimate responsibility is to the taxpayers. Um, but we were able to do both in this situation. Yes. Now, you mentioned unemployment filings. Uh, they, you know, nationally were at the greatest level since the Great Depression. How is yeah. Knoxville specifically faring when it comes to unemployment? And I know there was big news about this past week, but tell, tell us where Knoxville is. Well, you know, unfortunately, I think that, um, and we did have some good news this past week nationally. Uh, you know, we, we saw a decline in first-time unemployment as well as uh, more people coming off the rolls, getting getting back into their jobs. Um, unfortunately, I think the economic impact of all this is just starting, uh, and and you know that, Jim. Uh, you know, this is this has done structural damage to the economy, uh, sure. and it's not something that's just going to reset overnight. Uh, last time in two thousand eight. Last time we went through something like this, and I don't think it was nearly this intense, um, it, it took us five years uh, to return to the sales tax levels that we had enjoyed uh, before the 2008 crash. Uh, so that just tells you when we're looking, uh, you know, just one of those indicators that you can look at uh, with, his, with sales tax indicating economic activity, uh, it, it does take a while to recover. Um, so I think that we're really just in the beginning phases of all that. Um, it, I, I think in Knox County, um, we're going to fare a lot better than many other places around the country and even around the state, um, you know, just because uh, we, we have not had the severity of the impact from COVID like other places have had. Um, we didn't completely shut our economy down, thank goodness. Uh, and I think that'll help things come back more quickly. Uh, but I don't think anyone should delude themselves and think that, oh, gosh, we had some uh, 
better than expected news this week that everything is fine. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's kind of what I see is I think folks have really forgotten almost already that, um, like you said, you know, we're, we're facing the highest uh, unemployment rate since the Great Depression. Um, and then, of course, often when we look at how unemployment is calculated, that only captures a portion of unemployed people um, because you go off you go off those those roles after a while. Uh, so it's probably higher than that. Um, and again, I, I think this is just the beginning of the uh, the economic impact from COVID nineteen. Yeah, just to echo that, Mayor Jacobs, my two cents. Um, you know, on the one hand, you know, we didn't have the kind of structural reset we needed in the financial markets prior to this like we did in 08, right. where we, the financial, you know, we had a structural problem in our banking and financial system. We didn't have that this time. However, uh, I agree with you to get back, you know, when you look at where were we with GDP growth in the fourth quarter of 2019, you know, I know things are starting to pick back up, but to fully get back that to that level, you know, I, I've been saying for several weeks, I think we're looking at three or four years to get back the full production like we were then. Again, that doesn't mean we're not going to see growth in economic activity, and it might be gradual. We might have a choppy type of a W recovery, but I think it's, you know, to get back to that kind of GDP growth, uh, it's going to take a while, I think, and then that affects the county with your tax revenue and everything else, and we're going to dive into all of that. We're visiting with Mayor Glenn Jacobs this morning. We're talking about the state of affairs in Knoxville. Mayor Jacobs, are Knox County residents um, how are we with food food security or food insecurity right now? Do we still have concerns moving forward? Actually, um, things things have leveled out, uh, and there's not nearly as much stress on the food banks and um, the folks who are doing the great work of uh, you know of ensuring that um, the people that. You know, People that suffer from food insecurity, you know, ensuring that they do have food. Um, and that's something anecdotally uh, that we've seen. Uh, and, and thank goodness. And a lot of that, of course, has to do with the generosity of our community and supporting great organizations like Second Harvest and others uh, who do that work. Um, so that's that's some of the good news. And well, that's one of the things right. that, that really worries me. I'm sorry, Jim, one of the things that, that does concern me when we talk about school being out uh, is the fact that for some kids, they that's where they eat, is at school. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about school shutting down and then staying shut down, uh, it's not just the academics that, uh, that that impacts. It's also some of the social services that schools provide, and one of those is meals. Absolutely. And actually, we're going to get into all of that. Um, one of the things that um, I've always been a big believer in, Mayor Jacobs, is the need for private charity work to work closely with government in instances like this. And and you've really emphasized that. I mean, you're already, you know, just in that question about the food, you know, it's it's been very cooperative effort from what I see between Knox County and Knoxville and the local uh, private charities. There's been just a lot of cooperative effort, and I think that's a great thing. Absolutely. When all this started with COVID-19, the uh, Knox, Knoxville, Knox County Emergency Operations Center was activated. And the, the work that they did was actually coordinating with uh, government, 
and the private sector and all the various nonprofits, uh, ensuring that you know, we knew that the nonprofit sector was going to be stressed. So doing the best that we could um, to share information and to share resources. And we don't talk a lot about that, but that's actually why the EOC was activated, was for a long, more of a long-term lookout for our social service network. Absolutely. Hey, I tell you what, we're going to get to our first break. When we come back, we're going to start diving into the healthcare side. We haven't had it. We, we have seen an uptick in active COVID-19 cases and talk to Mayor Jacobs about his, his perspective on balancing the healthcare issues with the economic issues that's so difficult to balance, but so in my opinion, important to balance. So stay, Stay with us as we visit with Moss County Mayor Glenn Jacobs right here on More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. listening to more living with jim brogan during the week jim is a financial advisor an author and speaker with an mba from the university of tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives you can reach brogan financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com and now Here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. We're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs about the state of affairs uh, in Knoxville. And I know Mayor Jacobs is always generous with his time. It's clear he has a commitment to staying connected in the community. And so he's, you know, we're talking about where we are with everything. We've talked some about the economic impact. Mayor Jacobs, let's talk about the health care impact. You know, the health department instituted a stoplight system for identifying where we are for certain benchmarks like increases in cases, availability of medical equipment and testing. Um, we've gone to the red on the stoplight. What does that mean? What are you seeing with increases in cases? How many of those are actually resulting, though, in hospitalizations? Bring us up to speed on where we are. Sure. We have seen an increase in the number of new cases. I think that uh, one thing that folks need to realize is um, we get this data from the state and it comes in batches. So, you know, we'll see a bunch of new cases and we'll see a bunch of recoveries within a day. Um, and that's just the way that the, uh, the system is set up. And um, we're also, you know, our testing capacity is higher uh, so we were doing more testing, but we really don't even know how much more testing we're doing because uh, when tests are done at a private provider, uh, the only thing that they send to the state is the positives. So we don't know what the denominator is. You know, we don't know how many actual te- total tests are done. We kind of estimated we don't know how many total tests are done. And then also, um, 
when we're looking at the new cases, you know, is it um, is it something that's widespread to the community, or is it a cluster of cases, say, at a workplace? And that's what, what thankfully, that's what we've seen more of is uh, these are you know four, five, six people that are all in one spot and not so to spread out uh, to the community. So it, it, our, ours have been more of the cluster variety. And then when you look at our hospitalizations, uh, currently, as of yesterday, I've, I don't have the data for today. The health department will release that in, in an hour or so. Um, but currently we have one person hospitalized, and we have remained, thankfully, um, it's at five deaths. I mean, you know, five deaths uh, is horrible, but still uh, that number has been there for over a month. And also when we look at our hospital capacity uh, with only one person currently hospitalized, uh, we have a, a lot of capacity uh, with beds as well as ICU units and uh, and then, of course, ventilators. And, and something we need to keep in mind with ventilators is they're portable. So uh, they can actually be transported to different parts of the state as needed. Um, you know, and, and we, even though we have had an uptick in the number of cases, um, it's really what, I, what concerns me is hospitalizations, for, for instance. When, and, and, and the fact that, um, you know, our health department, uh, our health care system, and our long-term care facilities uh, have done a fantastic job of protecting that vulnerable population. Nationwide, 42% of the folks who have died from COVID-19 have been at a long-term health care facility. Um, you know, we see things like inexplicably uh, the, the governor of New York uh, allowing COVID patients to go back into uh, nursing homes, which was just insane because that is the vulnerable population. Uh, and here wow. in Knox County, we've done a tremendous job of ensuring that doesn't happen. Uh, we all have to realize, look, I mean, this thing's here. I mean, some people think, well, you can stamp it out. Well, you're not going to be able to stamp it out. Okay, it's it's here. Uh, so what we need to do is ensure that um, it has the least impact uh, by making sure, to the extent that we can, that we take care of our vulnerable population. Well, and when all this stuff, you know, was breaking out in in March, at least what I recall from that, Mayor Jacobs was, you know, the it was clear from the data. And of course, the data has continued to develop, and we're learning more and more about it. But it was clear from the data that. The more you stress the healthcare system, the higher the mortality rate goes, which makes perfect sense. Well, the, the healthcare right. system is not stressed. So the healthcare system, from my vantage point in Knoxville, seems to be prepared to be able to have capacity to support cases to keep those mortality rates down. Is that a reasonable thing to say for me? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, on the, on the alternative side, uh, you know, the incubation period for this virus can be a couple weeks, and uh, the fear is that if if it starts widespread throughout the community, uh, by the time that you realize you have a problem and people are in the hospital, it's almost too late. Um, right. So again, that's that's when we look at okay, you know, we know it's we know it's going to spread, and hopefully we can. Um, ease that as much as possible but then also you know we, we also know from the data that folks that have compromised immune systems and respiratory systems and folks that are elderly 
are the people that are most at risk. So we really have to focus our efforts on those people. Um, you know, from the very beginning of all this, um, when I look at kind of the strategy, and it's done differently in different places, um, you know, I felt that the strategy, that should have been the strategy, uh, was this vertical mitigation, which means you concentrate on the vulnerable populations. And for the rest of the folks, okay, this is a danger and we have to be aware of it. Um, but, you know, the things like lockdowns and stuff like that, they didn't even prove to be effective. Um, and that's kind of the strategy that we have followed. Um, but in some places they went with what's called a horizontal mitigation where basically they said, okay, everybody just stop, everybody stay home. And that, that really hasn't worked um, in, in a number of ways. Not only does, does it not uh, statistically, the folks that followed the vertical mitigation and the horizontal mitigation have seen somewhat similar results. But when you follow that horizontal mitigation, that means you're literally not only flattening the curve, you're also flattening your economy. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I really look at is the hospitalizations and the deaths. And as you said, as long as our, as long as our medical system and our healthcare system isn't stressed, um, you know, we're going to have to accept that we're always, you know, we're going to have a number of cases. That's just the way it is. Yeah, so with the, what I'm hearing there is with the horizontal, then you get so much more residual damage that isn't even connected to healthcare, right? Yeah, um, now yes, it, and I think it, and I, I think we have to take that into account when we're looking at public health. Uh, you know, economics does play a role in public health, and when people don't have jobs. Uh, when, when people aren't able to pay the bills, when people aren't able to go to the doctor or the dentist, that has long-term impact on their health. So we really have to balance those two things and, and realize that, you know, when, when we're causing economic damage, that also is going to cause damage to our public health. Yeah, well, I've talked to a couple of medical providers just in the last week and a half and talking about the downside the downstream residual damage, even in the healthcare side, where people haven't been seeking medical care and have had tremendous issues come up or even deaths come up because they weren't seeking medical attention. Um, so, you know, not even counting the economic impact and all the different depression and suicide rates and all the other things that can be impacted. But, Mayor Jacobs, one thing I do hear you emphasizing in there with the incubation period is we don't need to let our guard down. I mean, when I get out in the community and I'm moving around and going places, do, do we maybe see a little bit of complacency? Do you want to really underscore the need to continue to treat this with seriousness and distance and take precautions oh, yeah, and not lower our guard? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's still an issue, uh, and uh, of course, we've you know, unfortunately had um, the uh, the issues that. The, Killing of George Floyd and, and all the fallout from that, and uh, you know now kind of the media has shifted over uh, to that. Um, but no, COVID nineteen is an issue. I've you know I've never said it's not. It is a serious public health issue. So it's something that we do still need to keep in mind, and uh, and we still need to be doing those things. We still need to be exercising good hygiene. Uh, you know, we still do need to. Uh, if you're sick, you <laughs> if you're sick, stay home. Okay, um, and even when we're out in public, uh, you know, we, we don't need to be going up and hugging and, and 
shaking hands and doing all those things that we're used to doing, um, at least for a while anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we don't need to become complacent because, you know, the thing is, you might be fine, you might be healthy, you might not even know you have it. Um, but if you have older loved ones, you can give it to them, and that's the issue. So, yeah, we still all need to be aware that this is uh, this is still a serious public health issue, and, yes, the news is getting better, but it's not like it's just gone away. We're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, and when we come back, we're going to get into the impact on the school systems, where we're headed there, the impact on child care that he touched on. We're also going to get into the impact on county budgeting and what are the long-term ramifications there. The county's released their uh, – Mayor Jacobs has released his proposed budget, so we'll get into all of that. When we come back, i tell you what, I'm going to skip my dollars and cents segment today because I have so much information we want to get to with Mayor Jacobs uh, so when we get back, we'll just dive into it again. As you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan, right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. I'd encourage you to check us out online at broganfinancial.com as we're continually posting updates on good information. Uh, I mentioned there before the break I'm going to skip my dollars and cents segment. However, I will cover my topic in my retirement minute this week, so stay tuned for that where I'm going to talk about there's a recent survey out from Transamerica that retirement worries, financial worries during the pandemic have risen more for women than they have for men. Why is that? What are the implications? What can you do about that? So do stay tuned for my retirement minute that will be coming out this week. We're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, and there's so much to talk about. Let's talk about the schools, uh, if we could, Mayor Jacobs, with the county schools closed. And then there are lots of camps not opening this summer. You know, many parents don't have child care. So is there anything Knox County or other community organizations are, are doing to address the child care needs? Um, again, uh, yeah, you you uh, identified an issue. Uh, we've talked with um, folks like the Emily Youth Foundation, uh, Boys and Girls Club, um, and others uh, who do a lot of work at the schools uh, with their camp at the, at the with, at, with the camps at the school uh, buildings throughout the summer, and, um, and even those programs uh, because of the situation with schools, uh, you know, probably won't be able to do all the programming that they normally would. Um, so that that's an issue and we are working with folks uh, on that. Um, and, you know, hopefully uh, schools will open on schedule uh, in the fall uh, so that uh, we, we can kind of get back to some sort of normalcy with that. Um, and that is one of the issues, even with folks going back to work 
is now, well, normally their kids would be at school, uh, but uh, there's no school. So, and in some cases, no summer camp. Um, so, you know, we're, we're working with folks uh, and, and doing the best we can. Um, but again, this is one of those unprecedented situations just where uh, there's so many resources that's, that are stressed. All we really can do is the best we can. Sure. Now, you have a, Knox County Schools have a survey out for parents to take to address concerns and gauge opinions on the 2020-2021 for the upcoming school year. What are some of the biggest concerns you see, Mayor Jacobs, for the district when it comes to holding classes this fall? Well, it's not only just holding classes. It's also through the summer. Uh, we generally see um, a little remedial work has to be done when kids get back into school because there's um, since they're on school over the summer, um, uh, they, they have to catch up a little bit. Um, there's a, there's a gap, and this year that's going to be particularly bad uh, because they weren't just out of school for two and a half months or whatever, and school be five months, um, and that's that's a concern uh, as well as just just overall what what does all this look like? Um, what do sports look like? Uh, what do uh, group activities look like? And, and frankly, I don't think any of us know. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those situations where it's, it's, it's fluid. I, I hate the term fluid now because they use it all the time, but it really is. It's changing constantly. Well, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, in schools, of course, we'll, they'll work with, they'll work with the, uh, the health department uh, and others on coming up with a plan. Um, but I, I know that that plan will evolve and it will probably change pretty rapidly as we move throughout the school year. Yeah, there's so many hard priorities to balance there. Cause I mean, when they're not in school, you know, there can be some real challenges with kids, you know, having a lot of idleness and being home. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it can be a real challenge Now, you had really pushed Mayor Jacobs for Knox County schools to allow high school seniors to experience graduation ceremonies. And so those ceremonies are starting to take place. Talk to us a little bit briefly about how important you think that was and why you felt it was so important. Sure. The ceremonies will start taking place on Monday. They're, again, going to be a little different than they've been in the past. Uh, they will be at the high school football stadiums, and unfortunately, there will only be a limited number of guests allowed. And that's, of course, so that uh, we can keep the physical distancing and not have too many people um, gathered up in one spot. Uh, I think it's really important because these kids, uh, they've worked really hard throughout their academic career. They've 12, I guess, 13 years in some cases that they've they've been in school and this is supposed to be the uh, culmination of all that and the uh, celebration for a great achievement. And, um, you know, just to have them deprived of that uh, was really a tragedy. It's difficult. Yes. Yeah, really it's, difficult. It, it, yeah, it is. And uh, we saw some of the graduating seniors had done a YouTube video, um, which we saw. And uh, some of them noted that they were the first, people in their family to graduate from high school and what an achievement that is. And to not be able to celebrate that is, it was terrible. And then also the fact that your parents, your parents and your loved ones, your grandparents, whoever, uh, they, they help you along on this journey. Uh, and to not be able to be there when you get that high school diploma, um, 
I, I, I thought that we could, and, and schools agreed. It was just a matter of working it out. Uh, I, I thought that we could get there. Right. Uh, so I'm very glad that we were able to do that. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, the, the showmoners, they'll be different, uh, but still, I think they're going to be rewarding. Yeah, well, there still will be ceremonies, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's great because, you know, we don't want to deprive them of that experience I, all the way around the students and their, their parents. So, now, hey, let's switch to the budget issues, if we could, Mayor Jacobs. You know, unlike the federal government, county governments can't really go into debt. You have to have a balanced budget every year. And a big piece of your budget is dependent on sales tax revenue. So talk about the impact on the overall county budget with the safer at home order and where we've been the last three months. It has had a massive impact on our budget. And something else that you have to keep in mind, Jim, a lot of folks don't realize this, and I didn't really realize this until I got into uh, county government, is that different revenue sources fund different activities in different departments. Uh, sales tax is a large driver of school revenue. And it's also a large driver of revenue for engineering public works. Another large driver for engineering public works is gasoline tax. And yeah. obviously we expect that to be down significantly too. So um, we can subsidize those particular funds from other other parts of our budget, but nevertheless, um, it's designed so that you know, a certain percentage of sales tax goes to school and the schools, and a certain percentage goes to engineering public works. And they're the departments that are going to, uh, the schools, of course, is independent of my office, but still, they're going to take a hit. Um, unfortunately, the governor uh, said, I guess on yesterday, uh, that the BEP, the basic education plan, which is the state's uh, funding plan, funding formula for schools, uh, there'll be money cut out of that. So that's going to have an impact on schools as well. And, um, and that's last year we were able to give schools the largest increase in uh, their budget in the history of the county is $22 million. Uh, this year that increases a little over a million dollars. Um, with engineering and public works, we we're able to realize some cost savings through um, just leaning out and getting some efficiencies. Uh, but still, uh, our, our paving budget uh, will probably be down a little bit. And um, we have to be really careful because while, while we want to save money now, uh, we also don't want to defer maintenance till we get to the point to where it's costing us more money to catch up with what we should have been doing all along. Uh, so that's a real balancing act. Overall, our budget's down. Uh, factoring out schools, our budget's down about 2%, uh, which is the first time in a decade that the county's budget has gone down year over year. Um, and again, we have to realize that some of that money, too, we, we receive pass-through funds from the state and from the federal government. Uh, so overall, it's uh, it's really not a pretty picture for a county budget. Um, and we we really concentrated on the things that county government is required to do, the things that we need to do, uh, and then get to the, the more stuff that we consider to be amenities, things that people want, but aren't necessarily uh, either required or something that we feel, you know, it is a core service that government provides. Um, so there were some hard decisions that, that we had to, to make, of course, because, uh, you know, we, we want to be able to give people 
as much as we can, uh, but that's just not going to be possible with the current economic situation. Uh, Rolling into the end of this year, we're seeing decreased revenue as we finish out the fiscal year, and we expect that will continue into the next fiscal year. Our fiscal year starts in July. Um, And and another thing that's going to take a big hit is the Hotel Multi Tax Fund, which uh, is the funding source for Visit Knoxville, which is our tourism bureau. and tourism, folks generally think of tourism kind of like, well, it's a bonus, right? Well, tourism is the second largest industry in the state of Tennessee, and it's a huge economic driver. Uh, so, unfortunately, that's going to take a hit as well. Yeah. Well, with the with the reduction in the budget and those hard decisions, was there anything in there that you were able to keep that excites you about being able to continue funding? Yeah, we actually, over, over the next five years, our capital plan um, will be – We'll have $77 million uh, that will be going to Engineering Public Works to continue on some much-needed infrastructure projects. Um, we're still funding the Great Schools Partnership and uh, uh, some other uh, subsidies or supplements to the, to the school budget to the tune of $4.3 million, um, which is a good thing. Uh, so there's still there's still some good stuff in there. Our, our parks, uh, we're still doing work on our parks. We did have some... Uh, deferred maintenance on our parks that we really need to catch up on, and we've made that a priority, and we'll still be able to keep that in the budget. Um, you know, uh, parks is one of those things we we kind of think of as maybe an amenity, but it's it's not because um, and people it adds to the quality of life, and you know when people are looking at hey you know, where do I want to live, in many places they want to live next to a park, and that makes a huge difference. Um, so we're, we're still able uh, to do those things. We'll be resurfacing playgrounds, I think, at six of the county parks. So there's still some stuff that we're able to do, maybe not as much as we other, well, certainly not as much as we otherwise would have and not as much as we would have wanted to. Is the county considering, or can the county even, seek federal funding to help with potential issues? We are, um, as far as uh, any legislation that the well, first of all, you did have the CARES Act, uh, which we took advantage of, um, and then there's there will be money coming down through the state. Uh, municipalities which have over five hundred thousand people have already received that, um, but there's money coming to the state which will. Um, pass through to the counties, um, as well as even with uh, some FEMA funds, uh, things that we can identify that are directly related to to um, COVID-19, we should be able to get reimbursed for. Um, of course, it is government work, so it's kind of weird because um, if it's if it's directly related to it, but then you kind of have to define what directly related is, right? Um, and, and then, of course, when we look at our lost revenue, um, you know, that's one thing that hopefully any money that comes down from the federal government to the state will be able to take advantage of. We're visiting with Moss County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. When we come back, we do want to get into all of the unrest with the George Floyd, excuse me, the George Floyd death. Um, what are we seeing here in Knoxville? What are Mayor Jacobs' views on balancing peaceful protests with the need to protect businesses and personal property. So uh, don't go away as we visit with Mayor Glenn Jacobs here on More Living, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
for listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. If you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again, visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in to More Living this morning as we visit with Mayor Glenn Jacobs of our Knox County uh, here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And Mayor Jacobs, you know, just to compound matters with all of the things we've been dealing with this year with the pandemic and the economic crisis caused by that uh, pandemic, we now have uh, the protests and the issue of, you know, that has, has come out of the George Floyd death. Very, very unfortunate, horrific. I think everybody agrees that it was just completely awful. And we've seen protests against police brutality and racial inequality around the country. We've seen a little bit right here in Knoxville. What measures is the county taking, Mayor Jacobs, to ensure residents have the opportunity to peacefully protest, but while also protecting businesses and personal property and even human lives? Well, constitutionally, and I do believe that the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. I took a note to support that. Um, we have a right to protest, and we have a right to petition the government for redress of our grievances. And as government, we have to abide by that. We have to protect that. At the same time, the reason for the government exists is to protect life, liberty, and property. So we also have to ensure that we're doing that as well. And I think that we've seen other places is things start out well and let me also say this the people that are doing the rioting and committing crimes they're not the people that are protesting you know and it's like we think these peaceful protests somehow morph into these riots and that's that's in many cases not what i see happening is it's two distinct group of people uh you have the people that are very concerned about this issue and are exercising their constitutionally protected rights to get out there and make their voice heard about it and then you have people that are taking advantage of this situation to loot and destroy property and that's unacceptable um and i think what happens is uh in in some cases what's happened is things have just gotten out of control and escalated uh very quickly and it, i applaud what mayor cooper did in nashville as well as governor lee um, as soon as things in Nashville started to get out of hand, uh, they called in the Tennessee Highway Patrol and the National Guard, and uh, things were pretty much restored to order, order without um, much trouble and without a huge confrontation. And, of course, uh, the, uh, the agitators, uh, the people that uh, looked like they were the ringleaders in setting the courthouse on fire were shortly arrested. Uh, shortly after arrested. So we do have an obligation to do both, and I think that we've done a good job of that in Knoxville last night. Uh, there was a very large protest, very peaceful uh, and and well-organized. Um, at the same time, we have had some instances of people vandalizing and committing crimes, and KPD has been on it, and I think that's what we have to do, is uh, we, we yeah. really have, again, I mean, you have to, you have to respect people's rights, and you have to ensure that those 
that, that they're able to exercise those rights. Uh, at the same time, we can't tolerate criminal behavior, uh, especially when that can get out of hand. And as we've seen in places like Minneapolis and New York and other places, uh, really become a threat to property and to people's lives. Mayor Jacobs, do you feel like, where do you, where do you feel like we are in Knox County in understanding uh, racial inequality? What are, what are you doing with the, or what's being done with county employees and with the police departments in understanding this issue and making sure we're taking appropriate steps here in Knoxville? The one thing that I think would be an absolute tragedy uh, out of all of this is if it just is forgotten about and the, the killing of George Floyd, it just becomes, you know, after a few weeks, uh, we're moving on to something else because that's what always happens. I mean, these issues pop up and some stuff happens and then it goes away and then the frustration keeps on building and, and it's a cycle that now has brought an explosion. Uh, and again, to me, it would just be a tragedy if we didn't actually address it and have the conversations that we need to have. Um, my office was the first county mayor to have uh, a diversity officer. We have a diversity development manager. His job is to work with minority-owned businesses, uh, businesses owned by women, businesses owned by veterans, uh, to ensure that they're they're basically getting a fair shake uh, when it comes to doing business with the county. Uh, that that can sometimes be difficult for our procurement department just because of the way that it is, not because anyone uh, anyone is taking a deliberate. Uh, action to make it that way. It just kind of is you're dealing with government. So there's a little bit of red tape you have to deal with. And, uh, businesses that are larger and used to doing that have an easier time of doing it. Right. Um, so we're trying to simplify that so that more businesses that are owned, uh, by diverse, uh, small business owners, especially have an easier time getting contracts with the county, uh, as well as with the chamber. And they have a, a diversity wing of ensuring that small businesses are receiving the services that they need from the chamber and our economic development community. Uh, the KPD and the sheriff's office, of course, are two separate agencies. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I think that the sheriff's office is very aware of, of these issues. And uh, Sheriff Spangler, if you're asking in his his job is is to keep law and order, but also to respect the Constitution and to ensure that he is protecting all the citizens of Knox County equally hey, under the Fourteenth Amendment. Yes, yeah, I wish Harry, we could talk. I wish we could. well, I can. I wish we could keep talking about it, but oh. we are unfortunately out of time. But I'm glad to hear you say that we don't want to get through the next few weeks, and this gets in the rearview mirror because we, you know, we need to yeah. see positive change on the on the racial equality fronts. There's no question about it from my perspective. Mayor Jacobs, thanks so much for being with us this morning. You've been very generous. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.